everyone, and welcome back for episode 15 of the Simply One Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, we've got the show for you. Right. And uh, this week, this week we're got quite a bit, actually. Yeah, we do. We've got a lot of news from Summer's Game, Summer Game Fest, uh, as well as some actual movie trailers that came out this week. And then we've got a pretty busy episode trying to fit in Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, so let's not dawdle around too much. You know what I mean? Uh-uh. uh-uh. So, so we got to talk socks about... Grab your cocks. That's right. We're going in. We got to talk about a new Marvel film that was announced. The Joker sequel has a script. Oh. Spider-Man No Way Home is coming back to theaters. I heard for an extended cut. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Choo-choo! Oh. All aboard the train to Trailer Town, baby. Because we got, like, <laughs> three trailers. Uh, and then everything from Summer Games Festival. So let's get into it if you're ready, baby. Oh, let's hop. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, let's hop on it. So the Thunderbolts are coming to the big screen. So it is being directed by Jake Schreier, who is a relatively small director, uh, small scale director. He's not short or anything. Uh, okay. The Marvel treatment, you know, you get to take a small TV director and then give him a massive budget, and you kind of probably get to push him around creatively a little bit. Yeah. So it's also being written by a Marvel veteran, uh, Eric Pearson, who worked on Black Widow and Thor Ragnarok. Ooh. So, which were both pretty decent. Um, I yeah. liked Ragnarok more, but ba- Black Widow wasn't bad. Mm-mm. So the Thunderbolts are typically made up of, like, reformed villains that are trying to take a crack at being a heroes. Okay. Um, the original group was led by Baron Zemo, who we just saw again in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, and But he's leading them as, like, the masters of evil in disguise before the rest of the team kind of decides to turn on them and actually be honest heroes. Okay. And then at one point they were led by Hawkeye. So you might get to see that. Oh, I, I would like to see. And they have ties to Justin hammer. Um, who's supposed to be in armor wars. Oh, I hated that guy. <laughs> he was a prick. Wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he really was. So I was thinking about it, like some possible members that we have right now, as far as like reformed villains might be, yeah. uh, like John Walker, who's captain America in um winter soldier oh yeah that would make sense they could t- well because you've got who is, the, um, who is that one I lady who gave him the card yeah who shows up at the end yeah i forget yeah. her whole ass name but del fontaine was her uh and then yelena you know could be could yeah. be in there because she was kind of the villain in um yeah hawkeye a little bit but yeah and then maybe as we get going along we might pull some more in because um it's called thunderbolts and part of that is Thunderbolt Ross is a part of the mm-hmm. team as the Red Hulk, which obviously um, that actor just passed away while we were making the podcast, uh, you know, quite a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I don't think we're going to see him in as Red Hulk, but maybe you get somebody in like the Abomination since he's going to yeah. be in She-Hulk. But yeah, so I thought that's interesting to kind of get us. I, it almost feels like to me like they might go a, uh, and I've seen other people make the the comparison, might do like a Suicide Squad. Yeah. Where, but that'd you know, be cool with Marvel uh, villains, though, still. Yeah, exactly, to do villains as the as the leads. And I do like that there's the opportunity there for uh, redemption, you know, that they're all there to try and be better. Right. So, yeah, I said it, and I know that you're creaming about it. The sequel to Joker officially has a script. Yeah, so what the t- fuck is up with that? Todd Phillips took to social media, and he posted an image of the script itself, as well as a photo of Joaquin Phoenix reading said script, uh, <laughs> cigarette in hand, you know? The script image revealed that the working title is Joker, uh, it's a French phrase, folie à deux, which is referencing a medical term for a mental disorder that affects two or more people. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe it's going to be about the corruption of Harleen Quinzel, maybe, as Arthur mm. Fleck's psychiatrist. Or maybe another way about it would be to show us like the rise of this world's Batman from the perspective of the Joker. Yeah. Since 
Oh, oh my god, that would be so fucking cool. Since we saw, you know, it's kind of a backwards way into it, because typically the Joker shows up after Batman because he's inspired, mm-hmm. or, you know. But in this case, obviously, we saw the Waynes get shot during the climax of Joker. Um, yeah. And so now that that's been set in place, you know. Or it could just be expanding on the idea that, you know, since it is two or more people, the idea that maybe he started a movement. Yeah. Because it is a pretty real world for the most yeah, part. Yeah, he's so. just like a, uh, oh, goodness, uh, blanking on the loser. Nope. <laughs> nope, Incel? not that. No, maybe. Yes, yes, yes. Hot. <laughs> Red hot. <laughs> You're on it, baby. But no, I did. I thought that was interesting. That's really all we got. The Like I said, the working title is honestly the best uh, insight we have as what it might be about. Um, Ooh. Ooh. So that's pretty, pretty dope. Ouch. Yeah, you all right? Did you hear that? Oh, yeah. Did you crack your soda? Oh, you didn't hear it? No, huh? Shit. Got to hold it against the mic next time. I, I'm just a man. What do you want from me? To be better. No. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Oh, something, something I didn't put in the news, but I saw it on Twitter, actually, just before we started recording. That I want to bring up before I forget about it. Um, so, uh, nope. Squid Game got renewed for a uh, second season officially, like greenlit. Oh, fuck, dude. Squid. Mm. Oh so I like, I, I kind of want to watch Squid Game again because my wife and I watched it last October when we both had COVID. Mm-hmm. And so like there's a weird like some of it was watched at the beginning of COVID when we had really bad fevers and everything and we're dozing off and on. And I'm like, I, I need to rewatch it with a clear head, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we still enjoyed it. I didn't dislike it, but yeah, I, I would like to rewatch it again with, like I said, a clear head. But yeah, so Netflix tweeted out, uh, you know, a picture of that that creepy little girl camera. Yeah. And just said, you know, red light, green light, and just said that it had been greenlit at Netflix. So, which tells me that it's very, very early. Like they're just now saying, yeah, we're gonna make a second season. Hey, man, if they need to take their time on it, that's fine. Don't rush it. Oh yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then the next thing I've got written down here is that Spider-Man: No Way Home is returning to theaters this September second. Uh, Sony announced that a fan cut of the film will be titled Spider-Man: No Way Home: The More Fun Stuff Version. Fans can look forward to added and extended scenes that weren't a part of the initial theatrical release. Um, and they had a fun little, like, I guess, video or clip of all three Spider-Men basically urging people to come see it. Yeah. Now, I will say it's the number six film in the world as far as, like, uh, box office mm-hmm. and number three in the U.S. If they do a re-release and it gets enough traffic, it might boost it. Yeah. Yeah, it might, it might push it up over that two billion mark. I don't know how close it is offhand, but uh, that'd be pretty dope. What if Morbius makes an appearance? <laughs> have you seen time. have you seen the fucking the the meme going around that's not a meme of people making a a second what do you call that petition that says uh sony re-release uh or sony put morbius in theaters a third time we were all busy that week that weekend or something like that and it's got like fifteen thousand signatures oh my god dude. <laughs> they're gonna make they're gonna make them go again so nobody goes to see it <laughs> that would just be fucking priceless. Because <laughs> you know they're fucking with them hard. Yeah, if somebody at Sony's like, I mean, maybe they were busy, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, if 15,000 people said they were busy. I mean, let's, what's the math on that, Jamie? Pull that up. <laughs> 15,000 times 10, that's what, $150,000? That's not <laughs> That's not worth it. That's, oh, shit. But yeah, I did. I just got a kick out of that, that, uh, that there was that. <laughs> Like, it's not a meme. It's legit. I mean, it is a meme, but they're legitimately doing it. They're signing yeah. it. 
yeah petition but now i'm i think i'd like to go back to the theaters to see an extended oh, version yeah. on the way home oh yeah because i it makes me wonder what was cut you know what i mean i hope i hope it was more stuff with him and goblin because like that mm-hmm. i thought that was very interesting because well one i'm a i'm a sucker for william defoe right um, and well if uh, if you if you were it'd be willem not william i said willem you said william but we'll be yeah. we'll be all right whoops all right, well, my apologies. <laughs> just, um, just fucking, god damn it, you're, you're out. You're out. <laughs> get, my, get my dad on the phone. <laughs> His time is rising. His time is rising. He's um, always waiting in the wings. <laughs> he's always fucking like, so, uh, is there a tryout for this, or? Yeah, like, is, uh, Chris, are you slipping, bud? Like, you need to step in? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I hope it's stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe some more spider interactions that'd be that'd be dope because that was probably like i i really was impressed and enjoyed the fact that like a solid third of that film was all three spider-man together it wasn't just a like portals scene you know what i mean yeah and like they actually played a role in the story so it'd be interesting to see if maybe there's more of that that did end up not making it off the cutting room floor that would be interesting uh so like i said at the top choo-choo train to trailer time right yeah we got uh, <laughs> we got a trailer for prey that Predator prequel sequel oh, thing that I talked about earlier. Oh my god! Yeah, and it looked pretty dope. Like Dude, we I was guessed screaming. that. Yeah, we guessed that the the Predator would probably have to be more primitive, just because it is three hundred years prior to some of the other movies and things like that. Or two hundred years. We were years fucking right. We were right. He's got a primitive looking helmet as well as a shield on his arm that's like expandable, kind of like from God of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does use his invisibility quite a bit. Yeah. Which is just something yeah. I noted. Um, they must have had that for a while then. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty solid. Uh, it does look like the whole tribe might be trying to take him down, which I think kind of helps ease some of that that idea that like, okay, so just one native person from, you know, one indigenous person from, you know, 200 years ago stands her ground against the predator. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't see it happening. So like we said, his he's dealing with more primitive weapons in general. And then the fact that he's fighting a group of people who hunt for survival, right? Right. Right. Might might help even the odds out. But yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. Um, I think it does look like an interesting mix of <laughs> like a historical film and then the action where like she's got a tomahawk that she's tying a string to and making like a, a rope blade. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. It looks dope. I'm ready for it. And it comes to Hulu in, I think it said August, like August 5th. Yeah, I'm going to be on that so hard. Yeah, we're going to watch that. That'll be an episode. We're doing that. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. see. We got the trailer for Black Adam, the first official trailer. Uh, it showed us the Justice Society of America, which is a superhero team a few decades older than Justice League. So that makes me think that maybe this might take place before Justice League. Plus in Shazam, one of the seats uh, in like the court where he gets his powers, one of the seats is already empty, which would make me think that maybe that was Black Adam. Mm -hmm. And so potentially Black Adam has already existed by the time Shazam came out. Because typically they're like they they fight each other. Uh, I don't want to call Black Adam a villain. He's more like an anti-hero, but yeah, at times he is villainous. So yeah, the Justice Society of America. We've got uh, the actress or the actor uh, Quintessa Swindle as Red Tornado. Uh, so Red Tornado has like aerokinesis and wind manipulation, plus strength, durability, intellect, uh-huh. and flight, all that fun yeah. stuff. And then we got Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, uh, who's Ooh. basically like DC's Sorcerer Supreme type character. Yeah. And first of all, Pierce Brosnan's a good actor, and he looks nice in this with like, you know, the, the gray goatee and all that. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's looking nice. Noah Centineo as the Atom Smasher, who is kind of like Ant-Man, except only grows big. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he can grow giant and his strength and density kind of follow proportionately with his size. Uh, and then we got Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, who is an alien. And so he has flight because his suit is made of some special metal that just lets you fly. Yeah. And he's got several sci-fi weapons due to the fact that he's an alien, which is sure. probably what that spaceship was at the beginning of the trailer was mm-hmm. maybe his. And then he just has a little bit of enhanced strength. But so it looks like maybe at some point Black Adam is going to come to odds with the Justice Society. Where who's, it starts uh, off. Who's Black Adam? Oh, it's Dwayne Johnson, baby. Ugh. It's The Rock. Well, see, and that's that's where my problem starts. <laughs> Damn. I, Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays Dwayne The Rock Johnson Dwayne the Rock in Johnson. every movie. Yeah. And so, like, and at first it looked really cool. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, he's, like, really taking the serious tone on. And then he gets yeah. hit in the head with the metal baton. And it bends. And he does that fucking cliche eyebrow thing. And then they throw him, like, miles and miles out into the ocean. And they do, like, the classic, like, Wilhelm scream. And I'm just like, and there it is. <laughs> There's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I like that you're chalking the editing up to Dwayne Johnson. Well, it's just like, well, because like everything else was like really, really good. And then right. it's just like that part. And it's just like he I does just, have a cold ass line where Hawkman tells him that heroes don't kill people. And he says, well, I do. Well, I do. Yeah. So I do think that, like, yeah, he is going to come up against them. And that might be how we see him devolve into being uh, yeah. that anti-hero character. I will say uh, that shot in the trailer where when he says like um, his son died and he's like yeah, holding him like screaming. Yeah, because he's an Egyptian slave who passes away and then like yeah. over 300 years later comes out. Or I guess more than 300 years, you know, hundreds of years later. Yeah, like that scene looked really like intense. And, I was, and that's when I was like, oh, shit, he's he's acting. He's acting. Yeah. So maybe he is acting, but he also has an eyebrow raise. I think we'll be all right, bub. <sighs> I just if it's just that people are allowed to have expression, (laughs) but it's just like I'm not going to be able to take it serious. I'm just going to keep laughing. Well, and so is it not allowed to have any jokes in it? No, but it's just like the meme of it. Like it's 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 the rock, you know, like he's going to do that eyebrow raise in my head. I'm immediately going to go. Can you smell what the rock's cooking? <laughs> Some dumb Which is shit. why he goes by Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Let's try and no. get away from the rock a bit. It is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The Rock Johnson. And that'll live on forever. But no. I think it looks good. Uh, I probably be damned. I, like I'm gonna it, it looks good. I'm gonna go see it. I'm excited for it. I just yeah. I hope it's just not all that. Well, considering we only saw it once, I doubt it is. Damn it, if I know anything about him, if you see it once, you'll see it again. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's, that is dangerously close to some racist rhetoric. How? <laughs> you see one of them. No, I meant the eyebrow raise. Oh, 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 oh. You see the eyebrow like, raise once, you'll see it like, again. <laughs> Jesus. Get your mind like, out of the bro. gutter. Now I was just like, wow, he's really going in. <laughs> Damn. No, just I meant the eyebrow. Full disclaimer, I meant the eyebrow. Oh, yeah, I am not racist. <laughs> just whap, whap, whap. I'm fucking, I'm sweating. Just I'm fucking, just getting yeah. canceled. <laughs> it's uh, one of those where uh, the more the more you have to say I'm not racist, the more racist you sound. Because <laughs> typically, when someone says I'm not racist, they're about to <laughs> they're be incredibly racist. racist. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I swear, I meant it by no, his eyebrow. Mis- I misunderstood, and I thought you were just being like an edgelord shock jockey for a moment. 
<laughs> no. I was like, damn. No, for real, though. Uh, we got the final trailer for Nope. Oh. Which that yeah. actually... Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. That comes out in July. That comes out in July. Oh. Welcome back to Gasser Pass. Gas! Yes! <laughs> yeah, July 22nd. We got time. I was like, oh, shit. Is that next week's episode? No, we it's not here oh. yet. But we're not... It'll be here before we know it. A couple weeks. A few weeks. But no. So it straight up shows us the fact that it is about UFOs, like we thought. Yeah. Like, we see the flying saucer in it. Or, or not a saucer, necessarily, but, you know, a UFO. Seems to be about the brother and sister duo of Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer trying to gather, like, undeniable video proof of alien life. And then they're just subsequent... Almost almost had, like, a, a fun feel of, like, at times, uh, of, like, yeah, they're, you know, the aliens are mad at them, so they dump some blood-looking goo on the house. And... But then there's banter about how, like, oh, you must have pissed them off. They repainted your house, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't, it wasn't odd. It just was like, oh, okay. It, it, this doesn't feel as horror as I thought it might. So that was kind of cool that yeah. I had a little bit more of an adventure vibe to it. But I don't know, man. That scene but then where... it did. Yeah, I was going to say, it did seem to dive down into horror leading in. Yeah, because that scene there where uh, it's that woman who's looking up and like her hat's man. moving and you just see her yeah, face. Yeah, her like... face looks all zombified. Yeah. And so that was the thing. There seems to be a connection in the, to the idea that looking at them and then they come and get you. Um, we're like, you know, they, they were saying stuff like, don't look at them. Uh, that person wearing them in the motorcycle that's wearing a fully reflective suit. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if maybe that was them trying something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that guy is laying on the ground, rolling around, looking like he's maybe going to get sucked up and he's screaming, someone help me. I'm like, damn. But no, it looks dope. I'm there for it. Uh, nope is dope. Uh, That's right. Start start the hashtag. You know, yeah, hashtag nope is dope. But uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 gonna go see that shit. It looks good. I like Jordan yeah. Peele's stuff. Anyhow. Oh yeah, uh, he makes really good stuff. Makes bangers, uh, and this does not look to to change that that pattern. Not one bit. And also, I do like somebody else pointed out that it's nice that Jordan Peele's gonna take a, an approach that. UFOs, because typically aliens are about the aliens, and this seems like it might be more about the the, the people, people and how that would impact them. Yeah. Of like, okay, you know. <laughs> These people think that there's aliens or, you know, feel like they've got pretty solid proof that there's aliens, and their first thought is like, let's videotape it and make just too much money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of an interesting motivation of like, obviously they're not necessarily <laughs> like... You got you got to respect morally the perfect people. Yeah, exactly. It's like I got to go out and get you know chase that bag, right? Let's see. So, Summer Game Fest was they had like a 3-hour um presentation on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And we had quite a bit of games show up out of it. Uh they opened with uh, some Street Fighter 6 stuff, which isn't really my bag. I'm not a, a fighting game person, but uh, I showed it to my wife and she was pretty pretty jazzed about it. She likes the Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter games like that. Um and so she was pretty excited by it. Uh, let's see. Aliens Dark Descent looked really cool. Uh, it was a cinematic trailer that wasn't really representative of the gameplay, because towards the end of the trailer, we did see, like, some actual gameplay, and it looks like it's almost uh, isometric or, like, a top-down third-person shooter that yeah. seems to... I don't know if it's you in control of a squad or if it's multiplayer, because there were multiple characters on, like, the playing field. 
And yeah, mm-hmm. it's just it's based around the aliens, and so it's the idea of these small team of colonial marines trying to work through a base of some kind. Um, I think it was four marines, and yeah, I like that idea of. There was a free game on Steam called like Alien Swarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was pretty similar looking, and that was a really good time. And I like the idea of having a game where you're playing as the colonial marines, and you've got a mission inside this base, and maybe you try and map out your path ahead of time, and then you're just trying to go through and survive the the hordes of these aliens and get your, your shit done. Right. Right. Uh, we got some actual gameplay from the Callisto protocol and it looks gruesome. Oh, oh yeah. Like they closed it off. They closed it off with a really brutal death of the main character, which like I talked about last week or the week prior, that's pretty, pretty dead space. Um, Mm -hmm. but like there's these big giant, like industrial fans for like ventilation and stuff. And you see the main character get like, he backs up into it and his head gets pulled in and it's just brutal of him like getting crushed and mangled and pulled into the gears and stuff. Oh yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. I just went in on it, but no, it looks really good. Um, I like the idea of there being a, a melee system in place. Cause I dead space really didn't have much other than like kicking and punching. And that was more to like give yourself space. Whereas in mm-hmm. this, it looks like he's got a melee weapon. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, we got a pretty extended look at Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's uh, uh, one oh. mission from it. Yeah, I gotta tell you, it looked kind of plain to me. <gasps> really? Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah. The the raid on the boat? Yeah, where you see uh, Ghost Soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the gameplay that they showed off, it was like, all right, yeah, doesn't look that exciting. Like, I, I wonder if maybe they're not far enough along in development to show... Or like it'd be spoilery to show some of the more exciting missions, but this was pretty pretty bog standard to me. Yeah, I wasn't. It didn't didn't excite me. I'll still I I'll still the first play one was really really mile. good. So yeah, I didn't say it wasn't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got uh, a look at some game called Fort Solace, uh, which is about uh, a, a dude on a Mars colony uh, that is trying to survive through some emergency that takes place. Um, and that on this base, and they really, that's all they showed was like a, a guide filming a, a video diary. And then basically like the base falling into red alert. And it builds up to a clip of a dude saying like, something's going on here and I need to find out what it is. But the big main selling point to it is that it's got Troy Baker who plays Joel in the last of us. And Roger Clark, who was Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, shit. Uh, as the two main uh, actors in it. And they both were really hyped about it, and it sounds like it is going to be kind of story-driven. But that it's a... Uh, they kept using the word thriller. They didn't want to call it a horror game, because the trailer did kind of seem a little bit spooky. But, mm-hmm. they're, they, you know, it sounds like they're sticking with thriller, so it's not going to be full-on, yeah. like, horrifying. But, yeah, I, I, I do like the idea. I'm cool. I'm down with space. That's my jam. Um, oh yeah, and there was quite a bit of space this year, so this year and next year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what 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 that says about humanity that we're like, man, we got to get out of here. <laughs> we got to fucking bounce. Yeah, uh, and then speaking of space, something that I was gonna do for my what you've been thinking about uh, was a broad concept of I love when. So I was thinking about the game Alien Isolation, okay, and I love the idea of taking a game or a movie or anything. I love the the aesthetic, right, of an 80s future. Mm-hmm. So, like, in, in Aliens, you know, 
their vision of the future is a lot of, you know, <laughs> the green, green and black scale computers yeah. and yeah. hard drives and things like that, because that's the technology we had, right? Mm-hmm. And I so I really love that that technology of like what would what did the eighties think the far future would look like? Well, ten years ago, uh, Steam used to have uh, something called Steam Greenlight, where you could go in and vote on games that you thought should be greenlit, basically, and then Steam would let those games onto the platform. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing this little game called Routine that really didn't have much to show other than that it was on a moon base. And something is going on. And it was definitely a horror game, but it had that aesthetic of an 80s future. And I hadn't heard about it since. And that was really all I, all I had was this brief little trailer where you see him fighting maybe androids. Where it seems like maybe the technology on the, the, the moon base has gone by or whatever. Uh-huh. But it, it came up at the Summer Game Fest on Thursday that it had a whole new trailer. And it looks like, obviously, they've updated the graphics engine and all that because it was a 10 year old project but yep. apparently they got picked up by some uh so the developer was lunar software and it doesn't say here but i remember reading about it earlier uh that there was a a publisher that basically talked about that he was a fan of the project uh and was looking forward to playing it as a just a, a player but now he gets to partner with the developer and bring it to to life um and it looked really solid really dark and and you know some eerily lit hallways and stuff. And yeah, it closes with uh, this creepy looking Android picking him up by the neck and yeah, it looks good and I'm excited for it. Yeah. yeah, Sounds really cool. Let's see here. I I like the 80 space too. I think it's cool. Yeah. It it just, it's interesting. You don't see a lot of. Yeah. I, to me, it's going to sound bad at first. I think it's cheesy in the best possible way. Right. Yeah. Where it is such a specific, where you're like, obviously that's not what the future looks like. And so then it turns into a really interesting, like, thought experiment almost of, okay, what other technologies would there be, and what would that look like? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah, we got a funny little trailer for Goat Simulator 3. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, and so, and it was kind of fucked up the way (laughs) Jeff Keighley introduced it, too. They introduced the the game and all that as if it was uh, Dead Island 2. Uh Uh-huh. And the trailer that they showed was like a shot-for-shot remake of the initial trailer for Dead Island 2 of the dude like going for a jog on the beach yeah. on the boardwalk yeah. with his his headset on and all that. And as you know, instead of it being zombies turning the world into chaos behind him, it's goats. <laughs> and I love that they're calling it Goat Simulator 3 because uh, there is no Goat Simulator 2. And that's the joke is just what more chaos can you bring? Like people are like, oh, man, I didn't play Ghost yeah, Goat Simulator 2, and then it just doesn't exist. It makes you think of, like, Naked Gun 33 and a third, where it's okay. like, oh, what the... F-? There's, like, you know, it's the... I think it's the second or third movie, and it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? There's the, just 33 and a third. How many threes can we fit in here? <laughs> 33 and a third. But yeah, so Goat Simulator 3 is the, the second game in the series. And yeah, totally... Fully ripped off the, the Dead Island 2 trailer. It was funny. Because I was like, oh, fuck, I got excited for Dead Island 2. And then had to readjust when it wasn't, you know? Because <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And then I was like kind of bummed because the graphics aren't the same. I was like, this kind of looks like dog ass. And then it was Goat Simulator. <laughs> this kind of looks like dog ass. I got to tell you this. These graphics are shitbag. Like, what is this? <laughs> uh, something that I'm really excited for is this game called Marvel's Midnight Suns. So the Midnight Suns are, uh, you know, a group of 
you know, crossover characters from Marvel. Like it's got Wolverine at times and Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange. And, uh, you know, typically they're dealing with the, the mystic side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're making a game called Marvel's Midnight Suns that is being made by the team behind XCOM. I don't know if you've ever heard ever played those games. Um, oh, like do it all the time. Are you lying to me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. So it's a turn. Yeah, I was like, it didn't really seem up your alley. So it's this turn-based combat where you have a squad, and oh, it's very actually, much like a. Go ahead. I think I have. I, I like. Is it big on mobile? I don't think so. Like like Star Wars, like you can pick like up no, to four no, people. No. no. Oh. no. Maybe, but no. I mean, that's not that's not what XCOM is. But it might be of a similar style. But Ooh. so you've got a squad, and it's it is it's turn-based combat where. It's very much like a board game. You've got your, your grid on the map, and you click where you're going to move to and all that, and you got the random number generator of, all right, it says I've got an 80% chance to hit this shot. Don't fuck me on this, you know? Yeah. And you, hit the, you hit the attack button, he pops out from behind cover and waffles the shot, and you're like, no, damn it! Uh, and so the thing I liked about XCOM, which I don't know that they would do so much with this, is that in XCOM, as you build up your squad and stuff, Squad mates can die, and then they're just gone. And you're like, well, sucks that my person that I've ranked up and leveled up and geared up and all that is just gone now. But uh, I'm going to start over because I'm not going back to the last autosave. Yeah. That, but, that's no, pretty so, cool. So I do like the idea that they're doing something with Marvel. Um, and it seems like the, the trailer that they showed was called Darkness... I think it was like Darkness Rises or something like that. And basically... Uh, the mother of of demons is the villain, and she's corrupting several Marvel characters and turning them into demon versions of themselves. And the trailer kind of comes to a climax with the Hulk. Well, I'm coming to a climax. <laughs> <laughs> no, with the Hulk just busting out of a portal with horns and looking all even more demonic and devilish. Um, and so it's like, fuck, they're gonna have to fight the Hulk. Let's see here. Scrolling through a list of all the games because there was quite a bit shown. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, Nightingale was kind of a cool one. So Nightingale, we saw a little bit of, I think, at the Game Awards, maybe. Uh, But it's a first-person fantasy survival game, Uh, and it's just it looks similar to some of the games that we played, like The Forest. um, Yeah, just that kind of survival craft. Yeah. But the interesting thing was, it looks like a weird mix between that and maybe like a Don't Starve. Where it, it's that Ooh. that aesthetic of like the the proper, you know, that weird British, um, you know, proper gentleman in a in a nice hat and and suit, right, with like his oh, double barreled hunting shotgun. Wait, back, back up. So it's weird if British people dress up formally. No, what you said. No, I said it's weird because this is a survival game. And it's British people, like that British aesthetic. Josh Goosh! And so one of the things that they showed off in this trailer was that uh, there's a card system now that you can craft these cards and load them up in your, like, portal device that that brought you there. Kind of like in Don't Starve Together, how there's that little gate that you spawn out of. Uh, And so if there's a, a rare material that you need... Maybe you can craft the card that'll take you to the realm that has that material. Ooh. And so there's so all kinds of different environments with different enemies. And yeah, and they showed you making, you know, building a whole town and village. And at one point there was a Zeppelin floating in the sky in the background. 
that oh. was that the implication seemed to be that you're able to make that. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so that looks pretty dope. Uh, it's described as a shared world, so there's some player versus environment gameplay, uh, and players are just going to fight and craft through this Victorian fantasy world. Um, and there's just tons of different realms that they showed, like I said, with that card uh, system. That, yeah, that sounds really fucking interesting, especially like being able to go to different realms to find like the resources and the stuff you need. Yeah, yeah, that that's cool. Uh, and it's a nice way to get around. Okay, so the size of this, yeah, I'm sure that is going to be a loading screen, right? From like a technical standpoint, how do we load this whole different biome? Uh, it's just hidden behind the portal and you have to go through the portal. Kind of like the nether in Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, so something that I was excited for that I don't think a lot of people picked up on uh, was Layers of Fears, which Layers of Fear is a horror game that I played on my PlayStation as like a free game. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. It's a psychological horror game where you're just kind of walking through this tortured painter's uh, mansion and kind of picking away at his memories and stuff. And as he's losing his mind, the house becomes much more like impossible, basically. as like, okay, you're, you're moving through doorways that shouldn't be there and things like that. And it just, it's very disorienting and, and does get very, like I said, psychologically scary where you're like, man, this is really fucking with me. And there was a sequel game, like I said, called Layers of Fear 2 that mm-hmm. I never got to play, but it was based around the art form of cinema, early cinema. Oh, okay. Um, and so I'm interested to see what Layers of Fears is based around, because it seemed to go back to painting, and it almost looked like you're going back to the mansion from the first game. Uh, but yeah, they really didn't show much, but it still has that really familiar like <laughs> disorientation that that makes it scary from the first game, and so I'm interested oh, yeah. to see how that how that comes about because I did I enjoyed the first one and I need to play the second one. I heard the second one wasn't as good, but I still want to give it a try. Yeah, I've never heard of it, so yeah, I'll have to give it a poke. <laughs> poke away, baby. Uh, let's see, The Last of Us Part One oh, was like the big closing, yeah. and I felt really bad because it it leaked on Twitter before the the show started. Oh. <laughs> And it was the show, like, it was the, the, the stopper, right? It was the end. But, uh, so yeah, they did a full, from-the-ground-up remake of The Last of Us Part 1. It's not like a rescan or anything like that. It is the full game remade in the engine that The Last of Us Part 2 was made in. <laughs> um, yeah. And they showed off the, you know, they did some direct comparisons to the actual remaster that was on PS4. And mm. the comparison is wild. Uh, well, you're like, damn, you know, because my first thought was, I don't really know that we need a remake because I've replayed it relatively recently and had a really good time with it. And it didn't feel aged to me. Outdated. Yeah. Yeah. But then to see it visually, I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. maybe. And they did talk about how the performances, they were able to actually go back and look at the footage of like the facial capture yeah. from the first game, because the technology that they used for Ellie in part two is totally different from the technology that they used in. Uh, part one and part, part one, they one. didn't even do full facial capture. Uh, they actually animated the faces. Uh-huh. So now they went back and actually did a bunch of digital mapping of the old footage and tried to match it even closer to the performance that um, Allison and Troy gave. Fuck. And so as, as Joel and Ellie. And so that's interesting. Yeah. I, I like the idea of trying to make with like a, uh, from a gameplay standpoint, they did talk about having to re, um, redesign some areas because I'm willing to bet that they did take in some of the um, combat and maneuverability that Ellie had in part two 
where like you can jump and you can go prone and crawl and things like that. Uh, and I'm wondering if they brought some of that over to part one. That'd be fucking dope. And then while he was there, this is not game related specifically, but Neil Druckmann actually did get to talk about. Um, well, first of all, he talked about the factions multiplayer thing that they've yes. haven't really haven't really talked about. He he made it sound like they have gone back to the drawing board a couple times on it, but not necessarily in a negative way. It sounds like they keep making the job bigger for themselves, and then instead of going, well, we've already made it this far, we can't really, and trying to like make it fit together, they've just been going back to the drawing board and going, okay, well, if we want it to be that, we need to make it that from the beginning. Um, yeah. And so it's not at a spot where they were... Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with waiting. Uh, you Because know, they, they haven't really let me down. You know, an Naughty Dog makes mm. good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he showed off a, a piece of concept art, and it looks like uh, it's San Francisco. And you saw a couple people up on like a balcony with a sniper, mm-hmm. whether they're they're hunting or being lookouts or whatever. Uh, and down below, you see like some people fighting against some infected and things like that. And so I do like that idea of seeing a, a setting that we haven't been in before. Uh, and the potential is there that they talked about it having a story element. Uh, and so I want to see how that would tie in with the the world at large. With it being there in California, does it maybe tie in with where Abby left off? Yeah, you know, she right. was in Santa Santa Barbara, wasn't it? Or was it Santa Barbara or Santa Monica? It was Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah, because she was headed off to uh, <laughs> uh, Catalina, Catalina Island. <laughs> always makes me think of the fucking Catalina wine. Catalina mixer. wine mixer. I'm just over here shaking my iced coffee like a prick, making a bunch of noise in the mic. Oh, oops. <laughs> But yeah, so that was pretty cool, uh, and like he said, that he would have more to show us next year, so it's not at a spot where they want to show anything or make any like broad claims, um, but just to let us know that they are working on something and that he said it's probably the biggest game they've ever worked on, as far as just the scale of things. Yeah. Uh, and, and the demand, but he did talk about how successful Last of Us Part 2 was for them financially, and that it let them work on more projects at one time than they have ever before. Uh, oh. including this this remake, the then obviously that multiplayer standalone project, and that he himself is leading a development on something that he didn't even want to talk about at all, other than to say that he is working on a game. Oh, shit! And then he did get to show us uh, a, a still from The Last of Us television show. Yeah, and it looks, looks like real it's... Good. Yeah, it looks like it's from the beginning of the game when they're in the, uh, the museum. They're in, trying to get to City mm-hmm. Hall. Yeah, and they got the clickers. The clickers in the background, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's that's also the scene where Tess gets bitten, so, boof. Yeah, whoops. And they did just wrap filming on that, on, on the first season. It took them 206 days of filming. And everything that we've heard, I think we even reported on it, that it would be coming in early of next year, uh-huh. like February-ish. But when uh, Jeff Keighley asked him about that, you know, he was like, hey, you know, we'll see that early next year, right? He was really kind of dodgy and was like, he didn't want to say anything. And he was like, that's, yeah. Well, there will be more about that in the future. And so I don't know if it's coming sooner, coming later, if he doesn't know and he's not allowed to confirm or deny, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, oh no, is that, is that good news? Bad news? Is it news at all? Yeah. I I hope, man, it looks so good and I'm pumped for it. Yeah. You and me both. Uh, And then the last thing, Pedro, oh yeah, Pedro Pascal, he, Uh, he's, He's, he's hot. In. If he wants it, yeah, he's in. He's, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the only thing I want to talk about from uh, the Xbox uh, P- 
panel today, the Xbox and Bethesda panel, was Starfield. They gave us like a full 15 minute gameplay deep dive. And it was gas from start to like, finish. You and I both said it independently, but like, no, no man's sky better look out. Sweating. Yeah, because like, at first I was like, well, this just feels like No Man's Sky in a negative way where I was like, oh, well, I'll just play No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then as I kept going, I was like, oh, shit, wait, this looks like No Man's Sky plus but more. Yeah, yeah, plus the stuff that Bethesda's good at, like the RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, shit. And yeah, Making so he talked character? about. Yeah, the character customization looked really good. Yeah, uh, they said they had like a building your own ship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, building your own ship, and it looked like it was a really extensive ship customization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea that you could build your ship to be whatever you want it to be, because they did show off some uh, dog fighting, and so the idea that maybe your ship is, you know, uh, I don't know if it would, you know, if it has like an inventory system similar to No Man's Sky, but the idea that maybe there is the trade-off of I can't carry as much stuff, but by God, I'm a fighter, you know, right. um, and. Yeah, like you said, the story was there that uh, it's the near future. It was like the year 200 or 2000. Was it the 34? Yeah, it was like 2032. I think it was, yeah, well, 332, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. 2332. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously that's the far future, but not that far um, for space travel. Yeah. And that you're looking for some alien technology or alien artifacts uh, for a, a group called the Constellation. And that was the, the main crux of it. And the big reveal that he like ended off on was that the planets, similar to No Man's Sky, but it looks like they're going to save themselves by making it, in comparison, smaller to No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you can, you know, yes, there's the cities on the planets, but you can also go anywhere on the planet uh, and just park your ship and go explore for harvest some supplies because there were like research projects you could do and um, crafting and things like that. Yeah, but, mining and stuff. Yeah, but when he showed it off, he said you could go to any planet uh, and any system, and that there were over a hundred systems, and over it ended up being planets. a thousand planets. Yeah, over one thousand planets to explore. And we were both like, oh shit. Oh, fuck. Which I think, yeah, like I'm I said, the, <clears throat> they can take time and focus on, you know, like he said, the Goldilocks planets where this one has managed to have life because it's at the right spot compared to its sun and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's some planets that have that have cities or towns or whatever on them, and then there's other ones that are just barren but maybe have a shit ton of resources because yeah. no one's been there to, to harvest it, right? Um, and I think the thing that's going to save it compared to No Man's Sky is No Man's Sky's whole thing was infinity. It's just it's never-ending, it's procedurally generated, and it's infinite, right? But mm-hmm. by that nature, you end up seeing a lot of the same. Sure. And so I hope you don't run into that with this, where like I doubt there's a thousand unique planets. Sure. You know? But hopefully there's enough sprinkled through that you're like, oh, shit, I like going to this planet, you know. And then they yeah. showed off base building, the outpost. Oh, yeah, dude. And which me instantly made me like kind of want it to be multiplayer. Yeah, and they didn't say it was, but I would really, really, I think that'd be a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, because also, like, the ship customization internally, you could build your ship uh, and build your be, crew and things like that. Right, yeah. And so I like the idea of being like, hey, Chris, check out the ship I built, you know. And you come aboard my ship and be like, oh, fuck, you know. Gas. <laughs> yeah, gas or pass. Gas. But that's all I've got about uh, the games. Uh, so we're at, like, the 47-minute mark, so I hope you don't have a ton about Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, thankfully, no. Yeah, right? 
So I'm going to try and speed run my, my, uh, my spiel at the front here. So yep. performance-wise, domestic box office, it's looking at $143.3 million weekend, which is huge. Uh, an international of $245.7 million, huge. For a global huge. of $389.1 million. On a budget of uh, $165 million, so when you add in the marketing, it's like $330 million. So any way you cut it, they just made all their money back in their opening. Yep. <laughs> Fucking dat like bananas. Like uh, reception, reception wise, uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score of thirty percent, audience score of seventy nine. IMDb has it at a six out of ten. Metacritic uh, has its critic score as a thirty two percent, and the audience score is a six point one out of ten. So it sounds pretty, pretty Mid. agreed across the board that the critics really hated it. But they typically, you know, usually you don't find the critics going is I. Right. They either hate right. something or love something. But then the audiences, like on IMDb and the audience score on Metacritic, were like giving it a sixty, you know, six out of ten. Yeah, that's yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's that's okay. Uh, so synopsis, you got a synopsis? You want me to read mine? Uh, go ahead, read yours. So four years after the destruction of Isla Nublar, uh, which is the island that Jurassic Park is set on, uh, mm-hmm. dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures in a new era. So the director was Colin Trevorrow, uh, and it stars Chris Pratt as Owen Grady, Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire Deering, uh, Isabella Sermon as Maisie Lockwood, and you've got some returning cast members, uh, Laura Dern as Ellie Sadler, uh, Ellie Sadler, sorry, Neil, uh, Sam Neill as Alan Grant, Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm, uh, oh. and... <laughs> and B.D. Wong Jeff came Gold. back as Dr. Woon as Dr. Jeff Wu. Goldblum I don't know what it is it's him and his jazz music he makes Ooh. yeah he's very jazzy uh, and we got some new cast members that include Campbell Scott as Lewis Dodson the, uh, the CEO DeWanda Wise as Kayla Watts who was the pilot and then yeah. uh, oh man I should have looked up how to pronounce his name uh, Mahmoud Uathi, uh was playing Ramsey Cole who was like the assistant to the CEO yeah, yeah. So let's try and just jump into our, our non-spoiler notes uh, and then give it our rating and we'll spoil the shit out of it and move on to some funner things. Cause I, That's right. Yeah, so what do you got? You go ahead and start with your, your non-spoiler story notes for me. <clears throat> um, Non-spoiler? I was, I was let down with the story. Yeah, it's like, a weird movie to not spoil because it feels like there's nothing important to spoil. Yeah. And so, there, without getting spoilery, there's just more than one story, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. none yeah, like, of them can grab my attention. Yeah. Yeah, and none of them made me want to see more. Yeah. You know, I was never like, oh, get away from this one, I want to get back to that. Um, something else I put down, you know, I'm thinking of is, Top Gun did it right. Yeah, as far like, as, like... The story was, it was okay. Yeah, you know, the story was, it's alright. But they, yeah. they were like... Top Gun is a cool plane movie. Let's just make it a fucking cool fucking plane cool movie. Planes. And so they did it right. And I just yeah. feels like all we want to see is we want to see some dope ass fucking dinosaurs and some kick ass fight scenes with you know yeah. of, of dinosaurs. And you just you didn't get it. There's not a lot. Yeah, there's not very much at all. Um, I said that I, I liked the intro that showed off some of the interactions between humans and dinosaurs, uh, and the idea of like because you know going into it, I think I said last week. It looked like the idea was the uh, this concept of like Planet of the Apes meets Jurassic Park, where like they're out here now, and yeah. that's obviously going to cause chaos. 
like the synopsis from, like the official synopsis of the film said, you know, it's us versus them. Uh, and there was quite a bit of wind up, I thought, of like, uh, the, like the first third of the movie was just getting going. Yeah. And then the true premise of the film, uh, which was not shown in the trailers, was really dissatisfying to me. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you got Biosyn, who's like the the competitor to InGen, which is who started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they're now the leading company in the field of dino studies and the potential genetic applications. And Maisie is the, the human clone from the uh, Fallen Kingdom, who uh, has to be careful because she's, you know, straight up a human clone. So she's kind of a hot commodity for, like, poachers and corporations and stuff. And that's really, like, that's that's all we can say that's not spoiler, because they really, I think, misrepresented the movie. Yeah. Um, what Do you have anything about chemistry or the characters that's non-spoilery? Um, like, not, not to dog on it entirely. It was nice to see um, Ellie and... Dr. Grant, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Grant together again. Like, that chemistry still felt yeah. pretty, like, it was nice to see again. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I missed that. Yeah, um, and all three of them together when, when uh, old Ian Malcolm gets together with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Jeff Jeff Goldblum, he just fits anywhere. Like, when I'm just like, ah, oh, there he is. That's that's my boy. Um, yeah, I. That's funny. I had, was... like, the same positive there. Yeah. Really? Yeah, where, like, you know, I had the same mindset of, like, I don't want a dog on it. Like, I did enjoy seeing the old cast back yeah. together. Uh, yeah. And they had, like you said, the chemistry was still there for them. Um, but with the new characters, uh, I-, I can't remember her name, the pilot. Um, Kayla was the, was the Kayla. character's name. I like Kayla. She yeah, I did, cool. too. She had a couple cheesy moments, but I was like, that's, uh-huh. that's fine. Yeah. This whole movie's kind of cringe and cheesy. Um, yeah, wasn't out of place. Yeah, so I was like, so that's fine. But I really liked uh, Kayla's character. But other than that... The chemistry didn't feel real between uh, Owen and Claire. Yeah, it just didn't. Yeah, I said the same thing. It just like, was they're off. They're supposed to be a serious couple that has like an adopted daughter uh, out of Maisie, and they did not feel like a couple, let alone parents. Nuh-uh. And like, yeah, they try to adopt the parent role really hard, and it just was like it just didn't feel like that at all. No, there was actually one bit of acting from Chris Pratt where, like, I was like, "Ooh, he really tried there," and it wasn't good. Uh, and I can't really get into it without spoilers so let me make a note yeah make a note i will (laughs) (laughs) um they like another thing that really i was not a big fan of is well it's i can't get into it without spoiling it that's got to be the end of our spoilers or like our spoil free uh yeah, so I, I've got a couple things for characters where I said same thing as you for the most part. The only thing that I said that was different was I liked how Ian Malcolm is still like thirty years later just raving about how we really shouldn't have fucking dinosaurs <laughs> and like consequences are just bound to pop up and fuck us over in the end, and no one really wants to hear that. And he's just kind of raving, uh, <laughs> and that he's like I said, it's just thirty years later, and he's still. He hasn't changed on that. Not a negative way. It's like consistency. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Yeah. 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 Every single fucking time. Yeah. Like the old life uh, finds a way. Yep. You know. So rating. How's our rating system work, baby? Uh, you know, you can be over, under, or simply whelmed. And just like it sounds overwhelming is a good thing. Simply whelming is it's all right. It's mid. It's a thing. And then underwhelming. And then underwhelming is just underwhelming. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, so. 
I was really torn. I, I said I was simply whelmed, but I I think I'm both underwhelmed and simply whelmed, but if I can only be one, I'll say simply whelmed. Because I didn't, I didn't hate it. Uh, it wasn't Morbius where I was like viscerally angry at how bad it was. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was nothing. Like I struggled to remember what happened. It was simply whelming. Like it for just me, happened. For me, I think I would have to pick Underwhelming because in the trailer, you it it made it appear as if there was going to be a lot of dinosaurs. So it gave me. I, I remember yeah. I got a lot out of it. I was like, oh shit, maybe. Uh, Something fucking clicked, and they're like, let's just give him a cool dinosaur movie. Right. Uh, to the point where I took a piss, like, maybe 40 minutes into it. Yeah, that'd be uh, fair. You pissed through one of the main action scenes of the movie. Exactly, and it's just like, well, if there's only one, then that's Right, yeah, no. No, but yeah, you did miss miss a good part. But yeah, it hit a point where I was so Which just might be like, the difference between simply whelming and underwhelming for us. It could be, but... uh. Yeah, like the story so is like, drink less water when we're gonna go see a movie. Yeah, well, and I stood, I stood in line for like a solid 10, 15 minutes waiting for a hot dog because I just, I was like, I'm not really missing much. <laughs> Let me just get this glizzy. <laughs> I know I was getting kind of, I was sweating. I was like, did he fucking leave me? <laughs> just fucking ditched you like a date. Yeah, like a dine and dash. I'm gonna go to the bathroom after about five <laughs> minutes. You follow me, except you didn't clue me in on the last part. <laughs> Just left me with the bill. Oh, uh, so God. yeah, getting into spoilers, I'd say we just try and burn through whatever we've got here. Yeah. Uh, I said that the final film of the Jurassic franchise, the franchise about dinosaurs brought back to life, is mostly about genetically altered locusts and a human clone. Uh, the dinosaurs yep. really only serve as an occasional threat to keep the main cast in danger, and the threat never truly feels real. Mm-mm. Like, I never once, except there's a part, we're going to go a little out of order here just because I'm thinking about it. There's a part where uh, Ian Malcolm does his his classic trick of distracting the carnivore with the the you know in the original oh, movie it's the flare yeah. and in this it's a burning locust on a stick mm-hmm. and I was like oh is he gonna make the sacrifice play and get killed you know yeah and, and then he didn't and I was like yeah of course not uh, so that's one of the big spoilers like there's no no death no in this as far as yeah like for it's supposed to be like the finality you know it's yeah nothing really final feels like it's there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pratt, <laughs> this is the part I, I made a note real quick. Uh, Chris Pratt acts when Maisie gets abducted and he comes like running into the house yelling at, at to Claire about how they took her and he's got to go get her and he grabs his gun and it just it felt a little bit like high school play acting. Yeah. Where like as he did it, I was like, ooh, he was acting there. He was trying. Mm-hmm. And I uh, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying what he was selling. Yeah, he was like, get in the car. Yeah. You get the truck. We're going to go get her. Yeah. I know exactly. Kind of like foggy, kind of, kind of like foggy Nelson in the first season of Daredevil. He has some <laughs> some play acting in it. Got your dog on my boy Foggy. Foggy can suck my nut now. Whoa, whoa, easy. Why are you so passionate about this? Uh, we got to see Owen as a dinosaur cowboy who literally says "yeehaw" while he's wrangling some dinosaurs. That's right. I was like, no, nah. he just went "yeehaw," and I was like. Whoa. <laughs> Thinking about all the the Chris Pratt stuff out in the in the media, I got a kick out of him yelling "yeehaw." <laughs> uh, Blue is reproduced asexually and is keeping her baby. In, did you hear me have a stroke? Uh, and did. is keeping her baby in the woods near Owen and Claire and Maisie's cabin. Uh, but not really complain them. or anything. Yeah, she's not happy with them. And I but think yeah, it was supposed she's... to do with uh, just her being an overprotective mother, like a bear. Yeah. Uh, 
the movie does the thing that annoys the shit out of me, where at the beginning it just gives you a quick catch up on the world through like newscasts and stuff, and then mm-hmm. it's just kind of like now we don't have to really give you any background, and just yeah, like just show it to me. Don't tell me, you know. Yeah. A- as they were going across the world and stuff, they could have like fe- fed in like oh, so this is what's happened to the world since, right? But right. now they just they just give us a bunch of quick newscasts and then that was that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, let's see here. What do you got? Anything else there? Uh, parts of it just felt a little like the doctor, Doctor Wu. Wu. Um, he was a bitch. He he was a little bitch boy, which makes no fucking <laughs> sense because in the first one he was like big macho man. Yeah, he's like mustache twirling, like evil scientist. Right, and now he's wearing a cardigan and he holds his briefcase like a safety blanket. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm trying to make it right. Yeah, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Give me a favor. Take a long walk on a short pier, you loser. <laughs> um, you're boring. Yeah, you're, you're boring. You're boring. Uh, I did like the idea that Claire has guilt over the way the dinosaurs are being treated now, since it's kind of her fault that they're all out there. I mean, yeah, I don't see how she's not in fucking jail. Right? Well, because she's living off the grid. Oh, yeah. And the world's got bigger fish to fry. Probably. Uh, So no one in the world really seems to address how fucking dangerous it is that there's dinosaurs. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, all right, it just happens. Like, at one point, there's straight up pterodactyls chilling on top of a skyscraper. And my first thought when we were watching it was like, I wonder how often they just fucking snatch people off the sidewalk, you know? And it just never fucking comes up, like, how that would change your whole daily life. Dude, imagine the pterodactyl taking a a shit (laughs) off the building, and you got, like, hot coffee and a a bagel, and you're just covered. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, there's always the joke of, like, reintroducing tigers into society, you know, and letting survival of the fittest kick in, right? Well, this is... There's pterodactyls in New York City, like... That's high stakes, baby. (laughs) You're trying to fucking catch the bus, and you're just trying to also dodge prehistoric birds. So the bad guy is the CEO of Biosyn, and it's actually like a little fun little thing that I I was like, oh, I wonder, because there is a little Easter egg there. Uh, He is the dude that Nedry has like the lunch with, where you get the meme of like, you know, look around, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, That he was working with uh, as like a spy for Biosyn. And so... Um, fuck. His name is what did I say, Dodson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dodson. He actually has the Barbasol can. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the CEO is basically supposed to be like a cross between like just all of the world's horrible billionaires, I think. And but he looks like Tim Cook from Apple. Yeah, <laughs> which is like the last one that I think of. That is amazing. Like he does. Like. Like, he's Tim Cook, but also, I think he's supposed to be, like, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, you know, any of those. And, like, and Mark Zuckerberg. They give him that weird, like, sociopathic eccentricities of, like, Mm -hmm. the eye twitching and asking his assistant if he's got a protein bar for him, you know? Just out of the blue. You got anything to eat, like a protein bar? But, like, he never feels evil. He just comes off as a weird prick. Yeah. I, like, you know, I, it like, felt like ah. he was just very left brain. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Uh, so yeah, fucking Maisie and Blue's baby get abducted for some weird reasons. So like, Wu wants to cure these locusts that are gonna Eating kill the world's the food supply. 
Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Uh oh. Uh oh. Excuse you. So, Doctor, <laughs> fucking, I'm a pig. Doctor Wu wants to cure these locusts by uh, apparently, basically, genetic reasons. Like Maisie's a clone, and the person she was cloned off of had a genetic disease and was able to fix Maisie's genetic disease by just that injecting can kill her with locust. something. And the idea was that, okay, what if we could use that same method of genetic altering after the fact? So, like, I'm getting tired thinking about it. So there's a scene yeah. in Italy that you missed that is in most of the trailers, and it's, like, the main action scene in the film. Straight up, uh, Owen, like, goes hardcore, watches a dude get eaten for, like, uh, interrogation purposes. Like, he's got the guys pinned down with, like, each arm in a, dino- a small dinosaur's mouth. And he's like pleading with Owen about like helping him. And another dinosaur walks up and he Owen just lets it eat his head. And Owen kind of watches for a little too long. You know, he doesn't do like the wince and look away. And I was yeah. like, oh no, like is Owen a cold blooded killer? <laughs> like that didn't seem on brand for him, but right on. Like I know he's been in the military, but it doesn't mean you're cold, you know? Right, yeah. But uh, let's see. Yeah, I did write just plainly Dr. Wu is a fucking pussy. <laughs> Dr. Wu is a fucking pussy. <laughs> like that's just one of my notes. Uh, oh yeah, the bad guys straight up used later guided, laser guided raptors. Like, that's the scene that you missed. There's these fucking raptors, and the bad girl, the bad girl, whoa, easy, the bad person, <laughs> uh, who is, uh, she kind of reminds me of, from fucking The Incredibles, the blonde bitch. Yeah. Uh, she's oh, just yeah. got a fucking, yeah. she's just got yeah, a bracelet. Go yeah, you see her throughout that scene that you pissed through. She's got a fucking bracelet. With a laser in it, and she just whoever she signs the, shines the laser on. These raptors are just on them like stink on dick, and uh, that's how you get the whole chase through Italy that ends with like a fucking daring escape via plane, where it was very Call of Duty campaign of like him trying to ride the motorbike up into the into the plane, yeah, the of a plane taking off. Yeah, you caught that bit, but yeah, that's probably the most like quote unquote exciting dinosaur bit of like dinosaurs in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, when all the characters met up at the end, they don't, it, it felt pretty forced. Like, they yeah. don't actually have any reasons to know each other personally. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, bad enough that Owen tells Alan Grant, like, oh, I read your book on tape. And, uh, Alan Grant's like, you're the guy that trains raptors. Yeah. Which reminds me, Owen, they just decide to double down on him being the trainer guy, because he just puts his flat hand out at any dinosaur he comes across. Yeah. Including the big, dangerous ones. <laughs> and you're like... Yeah, I don't think that that thing's going to listen to you. I thought that was a raptor trick with the raptors that you worked with, not just any dinosaur responds to a flat hand. <laughs> uh, I've just got a couple more notes here, and then Dog we'll fucking whisper. move on. Yeah, exactly. It's the dino whisperer. So the movie ends with them escaping the like the sanctuary that Biosyn has set up in like the Italian mountains that's just burning to the ground because the fucking CEO is a numbnuts who just let a bunch of... Uh, just a fucking cloud of burning locusts out into the wild and they just started burning the forest down yeah uh, and so the world is like this will be a sanctuary for for all of these and it's like there's no fucking jungle left what do you mean where are they gonna live <laughs> uh so they escape via helicopter while a t-rex and a dinosaur that made me think of salad fingers uh fights the largest carnivore on earth who really doesn't look that much bigger than either of them fucking salad fingers <laughs> <laughs> Like he's just got these like Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> uh, Dude, I haven't I seen that shit forever. 
I'm gonna make some milk. Yeah, I used to scare the shit out of me. Yeah, they're creepy. But there's uh, so many of them too. Yeah, there's like nine episodes of Salad Fingers. So Wu fixes the fucking locusts. Malcolm and Ramsey straight up just go to the press about Biosyn. Ellie and Doctor Grant go off adventures, and Owen, Claire, and Maisie take the baby back to Blue. Uh, And then they presumably just live happily ever after. And dinos are still on fucking Earth alongside our wild, and nobody addresses the ecological disaster that that would be. And then uh, there's a scene that they showed, like, months ago as a trailer. And it's supposed to be, like, the first six minutes of the movie. Mm. And it was a really interesting scene of, like, showing a mosquito flying around during, like, 65 million years ago. And it's implied that maybe it's the mosquito that starts the whole thing, where, like, it's the mm-hmm. one that gets frozen in the amber. Uh, and it kind of does a 65 million years later, and it's a t- attacking a drive-in movie theater. And it looks really cool, and it's kind of that idea. That's what that's what led me to think that that's what the movie was going to be. Was you know us having to interact with these things on a daily basis, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not even in the fucking movie. Word, like that's not the opening to the movie at all. And I was like, right on. That was a good scene. I'm glad I got to see it on YouTube. <laughs> you fucks. So yeah, I didn't overall, enjoy it. Yeah, movie you know was what? not good. I was underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed. <laughs> the more I talk about it, I talked myself out of simply whelmed. I was underwhelmed. Getting fucking boiled. I got mad as I was reading this stuff off. What are you thinking about, baby? I think what you meant to say. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. You got to give credit. You didn't do this yourself. No, I did not. So I want to go ahead, reach out. I'm not going to say their name, but I had a fan submit a sound. Uh, Do they have like a username or something that we can credit him as? Uh, He didn't give me one. He literally just shot me a text and goes, here you go. And I was like, what is this? And he goes, I think this would sound cool. And I was like, oh, word. So I, I listened to it and I thought it was very cool. So yeah. I'm going to use so we it. Don't, so. we, don't, we don't want to dox him, but yeah, he knows who he is. We want to yeah, thank he you. Know, yeah. So th- yeah, thank you. So what I think he meant to say is, welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner. I'm your host, Chris. Today, we're going to be talking about the men in black. Are you playing it through your fan? Yes. Oh, could you not yeah, hear it's it? Not, yeah, it's not coming through. Go ahead and just send it to me, and I'll have to fucking do more editing. <laughs> okay, okay. But so, no, we'll be talking about the Men in Black, and this is one that I, I was thinking about, and I was like, you know, what do I want to do? And I was like, well, I try to keep doing ones I didn't know about, and I was like, why can't I, why can't I do one I don't know about that I just maybe do a little more research? Oh, I'm so sorry. My God. I, I went to mute the mic and I double tapped. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw my name light up and was like, oh no. Oh shit. <laughs> no. Right. I apologize. <clears throat> but the men in black are strangers dressed in black suits, sometimes reported wearing uh, black vests uh, and black helmets over said suits, uh, who threaten UFO witnesses into silence. They also harass witnesses to other paranormal events uh, to keep them quiet about what they've seen. Some some reports mention that they have also guard private areas in the Appalachian mountain chain. I've seen the and movies. They, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I so have. So what I've been thinking about this week. <laughs> just whoa. Just fucking, we've all seen the movies. So some of the sightings that I have for it yeah, is yeah. Uh, the Men in Black figure. In the UFO folklore in 1947, Harold Dahl claimed to have seen, to have been warned about, uh, to be silenced about his alleged UFO sighting on Murray Island by a man in a dark suit. And then here's the kicker. 
when the skunk ape, which is a cryptid I've mentioned. Oh, fuck. When the skunk ape phenomenon was popular, a group investigating <laughs> him had a hair sample stolen from them by two men in sunglasses and dark suits driving a black sedan. <laughs> then, dude, right? Like, right? And then in the mid-1950s, UFOologist Albert Bender claimed he was visited by uh, men in dark suits who threatened and warned him not to continue investigating UFOs. Bender, Bender believed men in black were secret uh, government agents tasked with suppressing evidence of UFOs. The late UFOologist John Keel claimed to have encountered men in, with men in black and referring to them as uh, demonic supernaturals with dark or exotic skin and facial features, according to the UFOlogist Jerome Clark. Reports of men in black represent experiences that quote-unquote does not seem to have occurred in the world of conscience reality. Damn. Yeah, so I mean, there's a whole bunch of shit and it mentions the skunk ape. We called it. Dude, we're on it. We're right on the pulse. But no, like, I've, I've, uh... I've read stuff about, like, Men in Black, and I read this one article, and I tried to find it, but I couldn't, and it was about this guy who was, like, a lumberjack. They probably took it down. They Oh, they could have. That ass, they could have. But there was uh, this lumberjack who, he was working out in the forest and just doing his shit, yep, and then he was uh, walking past, and he found a UFO, and it looked like it had crashed, and he... Th- he said he claimed he thought it was probably a U.S. government ship that, you know, they were testing out and fell. And he was making sure that if there was anybody in there that they were okay. Yeah. And so he walks over and tries to open it and he can't. But when he touches a part of the metal, it like shoots hot air at him and burns yeah. his chest. But it has a specific pattern on it. Word. I mean, and he's burnt, you know, like, and it has a specific pattern. And he's showing this shit. And, uh, he said he was visited once, saying, like, yeah, you're gonna knock that shit off, and you're gonna come out and say, that was not true. And he said, and if I don't, and he said, that's not an option. And then they left. And he didn't take any of it back, and then I think, like, maybe a couple days later, uh, they found him dead, just sitting in a chair, but they, he, they showed, a. Or they said that they found, um, like, rope marks from where they choked him out. And they put the rope in his hands and made it look like a suicide. Damn. So it's like, shit like that's real. I guess he should fucking took it back. The truth is out there. That's right. You can't handle the truth! (laughs) That's what the X-Files said, you know? Truth is out there, baby. Yep. I don't know. Well, you know, I'm glad I showed you SCPs. Oh, no, I'll be talking about them next week. Yeah, that's good shit, dude. Yeah, I just, I want to do more uh, research about it, because I was going to, but I know more about the Men in Black, and I want to do a full-fledged yeah. dive in the SCP. Yeah, maybe pick a couple SCPs, and I could look some I think, up with you. I think, whoa. Easy. Or I could just sit here and go, well, that's wild. <laughs> I'll have my people get in touch with you. <laughs> Don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> Please, I am your people. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he's on to me. Fuck, he's good. But, um, no, see, I think that shit's super interesting. 
with the whole yeah, men I'm in black. Because I, I can yeah. believe that. Because I know the government's up to some sneaky ass shit. It gotta be. Oh fuck! Excuse me. I've got to work early, so I took uh, melatonin before we started. So, like, you know, <laughs> hopefully by the time we're done, it'll kick in. Well, it's starting to kick in. <laughs> here over here. <clears throat> It's just Sergeant against the Lord. mic. <laughs> I come to and there's just a drool puddle on my desk. I'm like, oh shit. I, I've been doing cryptids for like three hours straight. <laughs> you just, just keep talking. <laughs> Where you just take my silence to mean that you're supposed to keep going. Uh, now I, I am waiting on a specific question from you, though. No, yeah, of course. Colin, what you been thinking about, Bubba? No, I've been thinking about, uh, my, so my wife and I binge watched this show called Fleabag on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Fleabag for you. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't broadcast that. <laughs> that's that's going to hurt your sales pitch. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Like what if we get famous and you know, they listen, this guy's got, a, he's got bugs on his bag. <laughs> No, it's a really good show. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the, I think she's the writer, creator, and star. Um, she actually, you would know her. She she plays the voice of the the droid from Solo. Oh yeah, that that is like romantically involved with Lando. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it's very good. She plays, you know, Fleabag, as the name suggests. She is a a shitty person, uh, and it's about her maybe trying to be less shitty. Uh, it's a BBC comedy that's not that funny at times, like in a good way. Where at times you're like, "Man, this thing's heavy," and I don't ape. Like I didn't I didn't show up here to feel, you know. <laughs> and it's making me, but it's actually like really short. It's uh, about less than thirty minutes an episode, and there's only twelve episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and from what I've read, uh, that was the intention was that like it's done, like it, it's ended, Good. Uh, which I, I think, like. Yeah, yeah. Not everything needs to have multiple seasons. No, it doesn't have to keep going. Uh, though Phoebe Waller-Bridge did say that she could see maybe coming back to it when the character would be like for like mid forties, you know, find her as a more formed adult and see how yeah. she's doing. Um, but no, it's very good. Uh, I don't really want to. It's not like an exciting show, but you do get very invested in just her personal life. Uh, and so I do think it's worth a look on, uh, like I said, on Amazon. Uh, you do forget that, like, with, in association with BBC, they're able to say, like, the hard sea bombs and shit, you know? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> but uh, then I played this game called Hell Let Loose. That is, uh, like, a very large-scale World War II combat mm-hmm. uh, game. And it's really cool. Uh, really fun, though. It's kind of hard. Uh, and it's funny to come across people, not funny like what losers, but just there's people that like to RP on it because it is pretty realistic and like involved. And so you've got people that are just role playing as like commanding officers and stuff like that. And so you come across them and it's a weird mix of you're not on necessarily a role play server. So you're just playing a video game, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's somebody who's like, you know, Get out of your free shoulder! And you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But then it gets intense enough that you're just like, oh, yes, sir, you know? Yeah. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Like, at one point, the guy I was playing with, <clears throat> he spawned at, like, the totally wrong spot. I was telling you about this. And uh, I'm charging down a hill, and it's large scale. It's, like, 50 versus 50. Mm-hmm. And we're charging down this hill of, like, a burnout forest 
as an artillery strike is coming in on us and we're trying to storm this position. And I yell into the mic at my buddy that this is like, this is actual war, man. This is so fun. And then like a group of guys uh, forward to the right of me just get turned to paste by an artillery strike. <laughs> like an arm goes flying past me and I involuntarily hollered out. You know, I was like, this is fun. This is, this is, this is war. There's something. Ah! And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, I've got to giggling about the idea of just being like, that was, they got Billy! Kraut bastards! Kraut <laughs> <The crowd> bastards. <laughs> I, was, I was channeling Brad Pitt. I ran and got in, a, in a, uh, a transport truck full of a bunch of other, you know, people that weren't in my squad. And uh, I was like, boys, you guys want to go kill some Nazis? And they were all like, you know? like yeah, let's go get them kraut bastards. It's also like five in the morning. And I was very tired. Uh, and then the last thing I was Fucking thinking about was just, over. Uh, yeah, I'm just glassy-eyed. Let's kill us some krauts. Uh, <laughs> I got nostalgic for like us talking about um, the presence of nostalgia in pop culture. How yes. like pop culture right now seems to be nostalgic for the 80s, even mm -hmm. for people your age and my age who weren't alive yeah. in the 80s. Uh, which I we kind of had this conversation where you asked me the silly, silly question. Of if I thought the 80s were less racist than today. And I said, no, no, I do not think that. Uh, and then we got to, I got to thinking on your question, and I know what the difference is. The people that are nostalgic for the 80s, first of all, were, the, were alive then. But also, uh, we get nostalgic for the pop culture from the 80s. Yeah, because that was my I'm whole sure thing. Is, was like, I, like, I hear just nothing negative about the 80s. So it was just like a question that popped my head. I was like, do you think like with pop culture being such a big thing that like i don't i don't know um it maybe it was just a silly question maybe it was just a dumb question but i, know, it's just one I, like. <laughs> I like how you started just beating on yourself maybe i'm just fucking stupid you know no like, no, no but like no, it, no. It, it, it was just a, a thought yeah but no and so i got to thinking about like i wonder what things you know because i i told you that as my thought was that as people like my age or my wife's age start getting old enough to be the like the creators of of pop culture media, you know, like films and movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Um, yeah. What, you know, what kinds of things would we become nostalgic for in the nineties or like, you know, people your age, Gen Z might start becoming nostalgic for the early two thousands. Uh, and so it's like, what, what does that look like? You know, if stranger things is just an overload of the eighties, I wonder what things we will be like, fuck, this is just so nineties. Um, well, no. Grunge plaid. Yeah, my for whatever reason, my first thought was, "Hey, Arnold." Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think um, cartoons. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's a ton of movies that I just aren't coming to me. You know, we're like, you know, you've got the Ghostbusters and things like that. What's well, eating Stranger Gilbert things. Grape? <laughs> just yeah, real pop culture bombs like that. You well, know, really, no. really well, impactful. No, it's, <laughs> it's a good just, movie. And it it is, but it's 90s. not. Yeah, I know, but I don't think it's got quite the. The scale and <laughs> impact that Ghostbusters has. <laughs> just what's eating Gilbert Grape? Just Leonardo DiCaprio playing <laughs> someone fully with a mental disability. No, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like I that. I, just... I know, but I just, I like that that's, I know you love that movie, but I do, I just, that's your fucking touchstone for the 90s. It's just <laughs> a very young Johnny Depp trying to take care of his brother with a learning disability. <laughs> That's not funny. 
No, it's not. not funny. It's not funny like that. It's funny that the, the way you said it, that touchstone. That, that's your, that's your, you know what the 90s makes me think of? Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio playing a boy with a mental disability, you know, learning disability, crying over his dead mother. Whoa, whoa. Spoiler Wait. alert, dude. Spoilers. Yes, yeah, for a fucking 30 year old movie. Wake up, mama. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. It is sad, though. And uh, Leo got robbed, like, a lot. He should have been the, he should have got the Oscar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's something to think about. What would what would people be nostalgic for for the nineties and early two thousand? Yeah. If you have anything you're super nostalgic about, definitely uh, let us know at simplywellmailbag at gmail dot com. Unless it's stuff we don't want to know about, I don't want to know that you're like what weird stuff you're into. Oh, I I do. <laughs> like <laughs> so, I want to know. We just give out your personal cell phone. <laughs> Go ahead and send it through to Chris. Yeah. Just, Fucking. Just I want. I want. <laughs> I want things to be so weird that the government has to check my email. Yeah, like, my NSA agent is gonna be nauseous. (laughs) This is fucking weird. He's like, oh my god, this is fucked. Like, what is this guy looking at? I swear to god, it wasn't me. People are just sending it to me. Oh, shit. Now, that's all I got, baby. So, uh, we want to thank you guys so much for your attention and support. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a great review. Five stars on iTunes, all that jazz. Gives us a, a, a nice big boost. Uh, tell your friends about it. Share it on social media, whatever you got to do. Um, gives you more serotonin. Are really big. Yeah, yeah, like I need you to reward me. I need to feel validated. Um, <laughs> it gives me a reason to keep going every day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just, it's... just start guilt tripping. I'm like, this is the only reason why I'm alive. I got to tell you guys, if, the, if the, the listener count doesn't go up, be an episode next week. I'm just not feeling motivated. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm relying on you guys. <laughs> you know, that's healthy to put all your all your eggs in one basket, and it, to be the basket of strangers listening to what you make and hoping <laughs> hoping they enjoy. It. Yeah, hail Mary past. Yeah. Oh my god! Just if they don't listen, I'll be on the corner with a cardboard <laughs> homeless. <laughs> Yep. Chris, if people wanted to get in touch with us, give us some feedback, ask us how we're doing, you know, check in on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, touch base on us with us. Yeah, just just check in. How you once doing? A week, like a, once a week, like a parent with adult children. <laughs> just, yeah, how you doing, bud? <laughs> um, how would they do that? Well, you can always get, uh, reach us at Twitter. Our handle is whelmed underscore simply. Our that's Facebook right, and... Different. That's right, that's right. Our Facebook and our Instagram is simply uh, Whelm Podcast. And then, of course, last but certainly not least, any requests, questions, or comments, you can always email us at simplywhelmthemailbag at gmail.com. Yeah, the mailbag's been a little light this recently, so yeah, make sure, make sure you're sending it in. Don't be shy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the least interesting email we've ever gotten is one we haven't gotten. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it can be you. You know, Maybe you will send in the email that we just don't want to read. Like, you know, there's only one way to find out, you know? All right, right. Full send. Hit, type it out and hit send. Uh, next week, I think we're going to talk about Lightyear. Like, we both talked about it. And we're oh, like, yeah. That, comes that out. looks like, yeah, it looks Gas. good. It comes out Friday. Gas. Uh, yeah, Pixar is usually pretty damn reliable when it comes to just quality in general. Um, and from a visual standpoint, I remember when the first trailer for this came out, and I was like, fuck, like, this, this alien planet looks really good. Like, yeah. Uh, and then obviously it just, it looks like a banger of a space flick. Plus you got good old Chris Evans and that shit to just bring it home for you. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. So look forward to that. I think we're going to talk about Lightyear. 
uh, you know, maybe we should. I don't think it's going to work out, but I was going to say maybe we should make it a little friendly next week, but nah. Make it what? A little more family friendly. Pass. Pa- pass. <laughs> pass. <laughs> Welcome yeah. back to Gas or Pass. Family friendly. Pass. pass. Uh, no, that's all I got. So uh, thank you everyone so much for listening, and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye.